0: lift our hands all across this building today. The Spirit of the Lord is in this place today. He's pouring out of His Spirit. You don't have to lead the same way you can. God can change a heart. God can change the situation. All it takes is the willingness of humanity to agree (laughs) with the divine purpose of heaven and together the miracle takes place people think that you come to the Lord we're here today because we we love God and we have need of the Lord that's why we're here and when you get here you hear a preacher say well miracles are here God can do anything but yet somewhere between that man in the pulpit, in that pew, there's a, there's a transpiring of to stop what that man of God just said between here to there. You say, well, does the devil come to church? Yeah, he does. <laughs> sure. Go ask Jesus, Mark 2. He was right there. Devil was sitting right there in the pew. Jesus had to cast the devil out of somebody. So what's the intent is He don't want you and I to believe that it's that easy to get a miracle. And the prerogative or the agenda or the scope of what I'm to do when I come to the house of God is real simple. Surrender your will to Him completely. And when you surrender your will to Him, heaven takes notice and says, there's one. He'll nudge the old angels and say, all right, time to get to work. And those angels will start moving in a service where somebody surrenders. What's another word for surrender? You become the living sacrifice. And say, God, it's in my will, but your will to be done. I present my body a living sacrifice unto you. Angels look with great intent on somebody that builds an altar. One more time before we go into the Word of God. Let's surrender heart, mind, Come on, you become the sacrifice. Calvary was the supreme, but then he gave us a pattern. He said, pick up your cross. Follow me. If you want to change in your life, you've got to surrender to the spirit of God, the work of his spirit. Jesus, by the authority of your name today, every willing heart, God, I pray for transforming power to move in this congregation today. Like never before, unprecedented miracles, I declare over this congregation today that, God, you will complete what you have intended and purposed for the people of God. Clap your hands to him if you believe that today. I feel the help of the Holy Ghost. God bless you. Sunday school, you're dismissed. Remember camp meeting. The Fontenot has already mentioned it. Starts Tuesday night. Those of you that can be there, you don't want to miss it. Be a tremendous week. Brother Raymond Woodward will be the day speaker starting Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday night. Speakers are it's a mix up between different ones. Uh, Brother Bernard's one and uh, just different ones. It'll be a great, great camp. And and I'm not saying that to entice you uh, by the speakers. I don't want us to have preacher religion, I want us to have God religion. But I go because I'm hungry for God and I want to hear from the Lord. And uh, I thank God for everything that our district does in trying to make things available. We've got men's ministry, women's ministry, camp meeting, youth camps, uh, young adults, singles ministry. We have all of that coming from the district. And I thank God for the events that they're doing the best they can through an administrative effort to set a stage and a platform that somebody can get what they need from God collectively over the state and I thank God for that. I want you to remember uh, Sister Hannah, she uh, was texting us I guess Thursday or Friday uh, with her flights and it looks like everything's okay. But remember her in prayer Uh, those of you that committed to cover her every day please don't get your commitment Uh, that young handmaiden of the Lord is depending on the prayers of this church to cover her and to keep her uh, until she gets home and I'm not praying that from a perspective of I'm worried about some some, some devil wherever she's at I ain't afraid of that I just want the will of God to be done and God use her I've seen some of the neatest things used through some of the most inconspicuous people people that are quiet and shy and seem like man they don't pack a whole lot of punch in their speech boy they walk with God and you can feel the presence of God with them I want her to demonstrate that and represent, exemplify that when she gets on foreign soil and God use her and it would be a reflection not only of God but of our church and what God's doing here in Indian Village this is what it's supposed to be you send them out I want her to come home, but if the day ever came that that's what God called her to, then, hey, pack your bags, get on the road, and get out there because we need all we can get on the field to cause the kingdom of God to be enlarged. I believe it. The apostolic church is a sending out church. It's not a retaining church. We have retained and held on to I don't want to retain that God forbid the day ever come The Lord would ever call my son Or my son-in-law And daughter-in-law Or family or, Or call my old dad Man, dad, just think if the Lord called you to Zimbabwe I'd miss you, but I want you to go I'd miss you, but You know, whatever it takes To see this thing wind up And that the coming of the Lord can be close Or here That's what this is all about. We don't come to churches to hear a fancy sermon. We come to be saved. If you got your Bibles, Matthew chapter 18, or chapter 17, chapter 17. Beth, is that you back there? Yeah, Mark, keep Mark 11, 23 through 26 handy. Mark 11, 23 through 26. Jot down Isaiah 44 and three. I don't know if I'll get to it, but if I do, you got it. And you can pop it up there real fast. Matthew 17. Let's start with verse 18. Jesus rebuked the devil and he departed out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. This was a son, a boy that was vexed with the devil. Demon possessed. The Bible calls him he was a lunatic and uh, troubled. would cast himself into the fire. Jesus delivered him. The child was cured from that very hour. That's the backdrop of of what's about to take place then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said why could we not cast him out Jesus said because of your unbelief boy Jesus just don't hold no punches huh he didn't say oh boys it's okay it's gonna be alright he said no you're full of unbelief he went straight to the source of the problem and said listen let me tell you but now here's what Jesus does he don't ever tell you what the problem is without giving you a remedy. And every preacher should do the same. We give you the problem, but now let me give you the remedy. Jesus said, For verily, verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of a monster seed, now here's the remedy. Ye shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place. And it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible. Unto you, howbeit this kind go or not but by prayer and fasting. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about that here in a minute, but I want you to turn again. Beth, have Mark ready here in a little bit. This is one you don't have, and if you get there, good. If not, but keep Mark. Go to Genesis, those of you that got your Bible, Genesis chapter 22, verse 1. It came to pass. These things that God did tempt Abraham Said unto Abraham And he said behold I am Here I am He said take now thy son Thine only son Isaac whom thou lovest Get thee into the land of Moriah And offer him there for a burnt offering Upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his ass, took two of his young men with him. Isaac, his son, enclaved the wood for the burnt offering, rose up, went with the place of which God told him. Then on the third day Abraham lifted his eyes, saw the place afar off. Abraham said to the young men, Abide ye here with the ass. I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering, laid it upon Isaac, his son, took. The fire in his hand and the knife. And they both went them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father. And said my father. He said here I am my son. Behold the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb? Abraham said my son. God will provide himself. A lamb. For a burnt offering. So they both went together. Today I, I have asked the Lord. I said God. As always, Lord, just what's your, what's your will? What do you want for tomorrow? And last night, the Lord began to direct me to Matthew and Mark. And then this morning early, he directs me to, to Genesis. And this thought is what I felt the target is for today. God wants somebody to understand this mountain. What are these mountains all about? You hear about them in the Bible. But today I want to talk about mountains of purpose. Mountains of purpose. If you would, put your Bible down, lift your hands. Ask God to talk to us today. Jesus, we need you here today more than anything in this world. We're desperate for you. We are so dependent upon you. God, I ask you for your help, your strength, your favor. And let mountains of purpose be realized today more than anything in this world. Let it not just be a sermon. But God, speak to our hearts. We're hungry here today, Lord. That's why we came. Speak to us today, God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. God bless you, and you may be seated. Mark 11 says it like this. Beth, if you want to put it up there now. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and be not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He that hath whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and ye shall have them. And when you stand to pray, forgive if you have ought against any that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. Verse 23 of Mark says it a little bit different than Matthew when he says, don't doubt, but believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. Shall come to pass. I'm not today coming with a message of, and so many times these scriptures are interpreted Name it and claim it. That's kind of the, the the cliche. You say whatever you will and you're going to get it just like that. You know, speak it and, and, and you're going to get a, uh, today I speak this and we're going to have a, whatever. You know, a new car or a new home or whatever it is. I believe in death and life is in the power of the tongue. And I believe what we speak does have great merit. But I do not believe that what I speak is going to put God in a proverbial position of me ringing a bell. And he's my servant and now he's going to respond. Because today I decided to say something in faith. And all of a sudden God's going to move and he's going to move a mountain. It's not what I'm advocating today nor is what I'm preaching. But allow me just for a minute to bear witness to some things here. He's speaking when he says a mountain of that which is impossible, he's speaking of something that is immovable. Last time I checked, a mountain don't have arms and legs. Last time I checked, a mountain really can't be moved. I don't see excavators moving Mount Everest. I mean, I'm not saying they can't. I mean, maybe with modern technology they can. But for the most part, what Jesus is saying, speak to this mountain. And it's going to be cast into the sea. And he said, whatever, if you don't doubt in your heart, but whatever you're believing, it shall come to pass. We leave out the shall come to pass when we speak to the mountain. We think that immediately when I speak to it, and rightfully so, you keep speaking to that immovable, seemingly impossible situation in your life. I believe that I've preached it. I teach. I taught it even from the perspective of Jesus. Said it like this: "Ye, y e u, you, you speak to the mountain." Because there's things that only you can speak to that I cannot. You cannot speak to my mountain. I can pray for you and I can take spiritual authority over things in your life that are plaguing you, tormenting you under the five-fold ministry and delegated authority. But then after that, when it comes down to Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and Saturday and even Sunday, there are mountains that you're going to face on those days that only you can speak to. I can't speak to it and say, God, I speak to his mountain. God may honor it and love it, but really, according to Scripture, you got to speak to your own mountain. So don't leave here saying, I'm negating the power of the spoken word. No, 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 no. I'm trying to incorporate an understanding. That when you speak to the mountain and it don't move right away, you got to understand there's a shall come to pass that's taking place that you cannot see. You say, well, Brother Benoit, what do I do in the meanwhile? I'll tell you what you do. You're going to overcome what's not happening today with a faith that God's going to do it tomorrow. And when the sun gets up tomorrow and it looks like the mountain's staring me eyeball to eyeball and that impossible situation still ain't changing. I'm going to speak to it again with an understanding now saying in God's time something's going to come my way and cause the immovable to be moved out of my life. (laughs) Sometimes God's not going to cast it away immediately because he wants you to start the trek of ascent. He leaves these things in me in your place or in our sight. Life is hills and valleys. I I spoke of this Wednesday night when God was speaking through Moses or to Moses and telling him in Deuteronomy 11, he said, where you're about to go in Canaan is the land of hills and valleys. And you heard me make the statement Canaan which is promised for you and I It's land that God's given us It's spiritual domain and territory God's given us That's why I firmly believe That when God fills you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost And you're baptized in Jesus name We've repented of our sins And we followed all of the gospel The next thing that you and I are to do Is to take back what the enemy has stolen From you and I I can't find any scripture That would merit you and I That once I get the Holy Ghost I set it on cruise control and I just kind of just walk with Jesus God said I'm walking with you that you can get back with the end that's why I say again you can get back a family you can get back your peace you can get back your joy but you got to climb a mountain of purpose fat (laughs) he ain't gonna move it every time Kyle will he move it he said he would but it's gonna be as he decides it to come to pass not as you and I decided and he said the land that you're to go is hills and valleys an organized creative order so what God's trying to show us in our land of Canaan where you and I are walking today after you're filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name. You're now walking in a land that is yours, but you gotta take it. You gotta take it. Calvary already purchased it. Metaphor of speaking, I'm bouncing back and forth from old to new. Those were the shadows, those were the examples, those were the, the types that God gave us in the old. The New Testament is the antitype, the fulfillment of whatever thing in the old. That's why people say, get rid of the Old Testament. I'm just going to follow the new. You can't do that. The old and the new work together. They're complement. They're not contradictions, but they're in agreement. And he said, you're going to see mountains and you're going to see valleys in Canaan. He was already preparing the people. There's going to be tough terrain you're going to walk on and things and places you're going to face That seemingly are going to be impossible. I I feel sometimes for the children of Israel. They were not soldiers. They were slaves out of Egypt. They didn't know how to wield a sword. They didn't know how to do a bow and arrow. And they're coming out of Egypt with the only trust and hope that God's going to make a way when there ain't no way. I don't know about you, but that's true trust. That's true hope. When God says, hey, you're not skilled, you're not trained. Is there anybody here under the sound of my voice other than this preacher? I wasn't skilled and trained to be a prayer warrior, but God has been good to me. God has been kind to me. He's helped me and went the way with me to lead me. But Jesus, picking up with this mountain mindset, he tells him. And he, right before it, cast out the devil of this young boy. And the disciples come and they say, what's the problem? And he nails it right, right, right between the eyes and says, it's because of your unbelief. You don't understand. You don't understand. I'm here to put back in order what man can't fix. I'm going to say that just kind of real plain. Man will never be able to fix it. As much as they come up with the cure for this and for that, I thank God for every one of them, but you hear me. There's always going to be something else that's going to come that man is going to be just out of reach of it. Why? Because he's not God. There's only one God, and that one God intends for you and I to walk by faith regardless of what we're facing. Impossibilities, it's nothing for God. Fear, it's nothing for God. Doubt and unbelief. Belief, it's nothing for God. Jesus was trying to put back in order to those young men. It's only through me, it's not through your ability that you're gonna fix this, it's not through your talent. That's why the beautiful thing about the gospel is, and the and the gospel of Jesus Christ is it's common, it's for everybody. It don't matter how smart you are, how uneducated you are, or how educated you are, God said it's for everybody. Jesus sets the stage and says, there's going to be some mountains that you guys are going to have to deal with. It's a principle he's trying to show them. There's going to be some things that you are going to face and you're going to look at a mountain that seems like it cannot be moved or changed. Hear me, that's the heart of what I'm trying to get through to somebody today. There's some things you're going to face I, 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 I'm, I'm sorry, I, I believe this with all my heart I'm a faith preacher, I believe I believe God can do anything God can fix anything But there are some things that God will not fix I can give you scripture for it Once that prophecy was already spoken God didn't change it in the Old Testament 2 Kings 22 It gives us a great analogy of it It didn't change because God had already spoken And God's not changing It was already set in motion there's some mountains that God are not going to move out of me in your life immediately. But he wants to see are you going to climb and move towards that mountain. And let it come to pass. And not it be instantaneous. See we look at it in panic. Panic. God, I can't do this no more. I can't take it no more. There's an urgency in my mind, and I feel such a concern. I mean, when you really feel the lostness of humanity. If you know somebody right now that's lost, if they went out, let's say you have a son, a daughter, a family member, and they go out into eternity in the next 30 minutes, and you know they're lost. There's an urgency or at least there should be in you to, to fervently seek the Lord and say, God, please don't let Johnny, please don't let my son, please don't let my, my neighbor, please, whoever it is you've got affection for, please don't let them sin. That urgency should cause there to be. But, but sometimes even in the urgency, the mountain don't move. So, do I give up, Brother Roger, and just say, Well, here it is. Here's fatalistic spiritual thinking. And it ain't spiritual, that's the wrong word fatalistic thinking. Well, I guess God's will will just be done, and you just kind of back off. No, that's not what Jesus was trying to teach them. He said, It shall come to pass. There's a timing to when God is gonna honor your faith. There's a timing by which God will come down and say, Steve, I remember back 15 years ago at an altar where you went down to an altar and you presented your body a living sacrifice and said, God, whatever you want me to do, I'm gonna do it. And you spoke then, and God began chipping away at a mountain. But in the meanwhile, He didn't expect you to stay down at the bottom, He expected you to ascend. And begin to conquer some things that were in your life that you couldn't conquer if the mountain would have never been put there you and I would have just had an easy street and it would have been just comfortable but he put the mountain there because he likes it when you and I stretch ourselves and reach a little bit further I'm reaching for another rock I'm reaching for another cleft because I've got to get a little bit higher why the reason you and I come to church is to get closer to him it's to love him more it's to be obedient to him I'm not here to be a member of a church I'm here to be a part of the body of Christ that when that trumpet sounds and the dead in Christ are raised you and I will be a part of that number there's mountains of purpose God's trying to save us God's trying to move us but if we don't overcome Our fear of the mountain. Our frustration of the mountain. You know how I can tell people are frustrated? They don't praise God. People that don't praise God and have a little bit of spark in their eye for the things of God, they're frustrated against God. They're frustrated with life and they take it out on God by lack of praise. They blame God for their life and their son or daughter and family being crazy and living sinfully so they say well I'm just not going to praise the Lord so they don't lift their hands and they don't lift their voice and they don't give God that heartfelt prayer of longing for that's what they were created for so we get frustrated because in that moment the mountain ain't moving brother Darrell and I'm tired because I'm climbing Something that I feel like it's not fair, I should have to climb this mountain. It's not right, it's not not fair. I didn't ask for this mountain, I didn't ask for this problem, I didn't ask for this scenario in my family. But here I am and I'm looking at a mountain that seems like will never change. Is there anybody here other than this preacher looking at mountains that seemingly are immovable? It'll never change, Sister Linda. I look at some things, and I look at relationships and situations that God's short of you. I, 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 in the eyes of man, through my natural eye, that ain't never going to change. They'll never get over this. They'll ne- That's why Jesus, when he goes into it, he adds another part to a little different in Mark when he begins to say, this can only come about by prayer and Fasting. Why? Your prayer and fasting don't move the mountain. Your prayer and fasting ain't gonna make the devil come out quicker. The prayer and fasting is for you to teach you how to overcome. But what happens is, Kyle, my prayer becomes humdrum. My prayer becomes just kind of lethargic. My prayer becomes just something I just, I love you, Jesus. I thank you. And I lose the impotence. I lose the hunger. I lose the desire. I lose this because the mountains seem so big. It seems like I ain't never going to get over. God, help us. God, help the church that we never lose our hunger and our desire to see the impossibilities of man to be made possible by the hand of God in our life God in this end time is going to do things we've never seen but you got to keep climbing you got to keep reaching you got to keep desiring with a fervent heart you can't ever lose the passion for just wanting to be in his presence Can't never lose that, Zach, because there's a world, and Jesus did it so good when he said it like this. This prayer and fasting, it deals with you. That's why if me and you ain't fasting, I say it, a day a week, we need to be fasting every week. If we're not praying and fasting, we're not going to overcome the mountain of purpose that God put in us. He's wanting you and I to climb it because there's something up top of it. Mark, it wasn't an accident when Jesus did here. For Matthew, it was a devil-possessed boy. For Jesus, it was the fig tree. He talks about a fig tree. And he came, and the Bible says that it had leaves, and there were no figs on it. What's the reason for that? And Jesus cursed that tree because figs come after, or the leaves come after the figs. I ain't no farmer, but that's what they say. that's <laughs> wrong, then go say what they say. (laughs) But I think I got some fig people up in here that would say the figs come and then the leaves. And Jesus came and it was leave time and there were no figs because the time had already passed or it had not bore fruit and Jesus cursed it. And the moral of the story and what Jesus was trying to say is when I come looking for fruit from your life, you better have something to give me. There better be something in you that we, because then from there he goes into the mountain. There better be something in you because you don't know, but there aren't verses, okay? But let's, let's go with the scripture. The next verse tells you there's a mountain coming. And if I face that mountain, he was trying to show them in my relationship between me and you. You better have something to give me because I've got something to give you. And as long as you and I stay in the relationship, I'm going to give you something, but you got to give me something back. you got to give me unfettered praise. you got to give me fervent prayer. You've got to give me worship from the heart. You've got to give me faith. You give me that, and I'll give you something back. You say, Benoit, what are you saying? I'm saying what Jesus was saying. If I don't incorporate that in my life, Micah, when the mountain comes, I'm going to crumble at the base of the mountain instead of look at the mountain and go, there's purpose here. There's something God wants to do in my life. And God's wanting to move me up a place. And Jesus, relentless like he was, slips in the mountain and say, it's going to come to pass. But then he comes on the backside and says, but if you don't forgive, it almost looks like Jesus is schizophrenic. He's bouncing all over the place. He's talking about fig trees and farming. Then he goes to mountains. And then he goes down to forgiveness. He's not crazy. He had a very specific point. He was telling them, you got to be in relationship with me first. And then after that, the mountain ain't nothing. You're going to climb it. But a key to you overcoming, you got to have love one for another and to another in your brothers and sisters and forgive. Or your mountain won't go away. Some mountains are moved by perspective. Let me qualify it. You're my mountain. And you're in my way. You're prob- you represent everything that God ain't doing for me. You're my problem. You're that situation that won't get remedied. Watch But you know what I'm going to overcome You got to overcome And I overcome him And I start climbing Come here David Stand right here You a mountain My God You need oxygen tank You and Kyle High as y'all up With y'all's head He's a mountain But I start climbing him Go down I start climbing him Go down, go ahead, get on your knees, you'll be all right. When you're on top of the mountain, when I'm starting to come down the mountain, watch. It's perspective. It ain't a problem no more. What you thought you couldn't overcome, you overcame. Now, here's what I wrote down. The Lord spoke to me 6.15 this morning so clearly when I began to pray this. And I began to say it back to him and he said it back to me. Don't let me lose what I need in the overcoming process. Now, watch me. You start moving towards that mountain and it starts getting sticky, Brother Mark Can Tell. I'm getting sweaty. Is there anybody other than me? It's just hot outside. And let me tell you, when it's hot, people are grouchy. Holy Ghost or no Holy Ghost, Brother Sean, we're grouchy. I'm sticky, I'm sweaty. Ain't no justification, I got to be good. But it gets hot, you get irritated. I'm climbing the mountain, it's hot, it's irritating. I got busted up knuckles because I'm climbing a mountain in dress shoes. (laughs) Whatever, you're frustrated Why should I have to climb this thing? This was never part of the plan when I got the Holy Ghost and I started living for God. Things were supposed to be easy. God was supposed to fix my brain and my health and my wealth, and everything was going to be great. Whoever told you that lied to you. There's no such thing. If you're robed in flesh, you're going to face trouble. Tribulation and problems in the flesh. You're going to deal with yourself more than you have to deal with people. People go away at night, hopefully, and then you're just faced with yourself. In the mirror, wrestling in the bed through the night, early morning prayer. It's myself. Myself, my own will, my own struggle, my own battle. Let me help somebody right now. You're climbing a mountain. Don't you give up now. Don't you throw in the towel now. There's something waiting for you at the top. And before long, that mountain's going to be in your rearview mirror. Thank you. So did God move it? Or did through your overcoming, it was moved? I'm trying to help somebody understand. I'm not turning or trying to pervert scripture. I'm trying to get you to see what Jesus was saying. The spirit of God can do all kinds of things. Yes, we sang about it today. I speak to that mountain and if God, it can be thrown into the sea. But a lot of times, more time than not, Brother Roger, I spoke to a mountain and it didn't go away. But what I found was I was climbing when I didn't even know I was climbing. And I got a little frustrated about this and that. And I kind of wanted to give in and just say, you know what, I'm tired. I don't feel like praising. I don't feel like worshiping. I don't feel like being faithful. I don't feel like doing nothing right now. I'm tired, but I kept climbing, and I kept climbing, and even in my frustration, and even in my disappointment, and even in the letdown of people or things or situations, I kept climbing. Why? Because I got a glimpse of something. There's a purpose at the top, and if I can get to the top, I'm going to see Jesus like I've never seen him before. I'm going to see him. That's what living for God is all all about it's not about tickling sermons sermons that tell you what you want to hear it's sermons that are going to transform me that I see Jesus I've never seen him. he said you got to forgive you got to let it go forgive them I'm gonna say it again for somebody Forgive them, forgive them, I just can't, I'm I'm trapped, my mind just don't, that's why the mountain's there, I can't break out, that's why the mountain's there. God put that thing there that you'll climb. My prayer for you is this, and my prayer for me the same. Don't make a camp out halfway up the mountain. Don't build a building halfway up the mountain and say, This is going to be my home. Or, worst case, don't stay at the base of the mountain and say, Well, if it's God's will, an angel will tell me and I'll start climbing. Don't be so fatalistic in your thinking. If God put the mountain there, if He put the problem in front of you, then God expected you to move forward. You got to remember, that came out of egypt what was the thing that got rid of pharaoh it was them moving forward into a red sea sometimes you moving forward is the only thing gonna take care of the enemy that's chasing you down you stop and pharaoh gonna tear you up you stop moving forward in god he's gonna tear up you and your family micah but if you keep moving forward Keep climbing God has a way of parting the Red Sea And getting you through it And then there on the end Letting that Red Sea close up And everything that's tormented you Come to a close Well how close I have to come back and re-preach Genesis again Genesis 22 One of the clearest stories he said, like this. Here's Abraham. Got his wonderful son Isaac. He got his promise. He'd be like, Your hey, brother Roger. I mean, I prayed. I, I thank God for my daughter, and I prayed for a healthy, and God gave me a wonderful daughter. There's something about a daddy, boy, man. I just I like a son. I like a I like a mixture. I like a little both. <laughs> a boy and a girl. And I prayed. I said, Lord. If you see me fit as a father that I'd make a good daddy to a boy, and I won't mess him up. And if I'm gonna mess him up, don't give me a son. let, let the mama, she's a good mama, let her do them girls and, and you know what? They'll turn out okay, she good, I ain't. So don't but I said, Lord, if you could, give me a good son or son that I could be. And he did. my promise. I ain't taking away from your sister, so don't get big-headed. I'll thump it. Y'all are equal. There ain't no favorites in my family. But the promise that Abraham held, Isaac, Sarah couldn't have no babies. He's got his promise, Brother Perkins. And he goes, all right, go to 22, Beth. Verse 1, he says, come on, I need you to kind of head this way, boy. Next verse, he says, now I want you to take your promise, the one you love, I want you to get where? To one of the mountains, and you're going to give sacrifice. Abraham's going, yeah, see, because altars and sacrifice meant encounter with God. And Abraham's fired up, I'm about to get another promise, I'm about to just see God, I'm about to get another goose pump. I'm about to just... He says, all right, start heading up the mountain. Next verse. And Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled the ass, took two of his young men, and he got Isaac the promise, cleaved the wood for the burnt offering, rubbed Abraham still. And he went to the place where God told him. Next verse. And on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place. Next verse. And Abraham said to his young men, Abide here while me and the lad. Something's about to change. Abraham, it dawns on him that this is a little bit more serious than just a sacrifice. I know God's asking for something, but maybe God was going to do something different. We all think that, that just maybe God's going to change his mind. Maybe God's going to just come down and say, no, you won't ever have to go through it again, but God don't. Maybe you're never going to have to struggle for that, but God don't. Maybe you're never going to have marital problems, but God don't. He allows things to happen that don't make sense and hurt. He says, we're going yonder to worship. There's something going to happen on that mountain regardless of what it costs me. I'm going to see God like I've never seen him before. Next verse. And Abraham took the word burnt offering, laid it on his side, and took the fire in his hand, knife, and they went both of them together. Next verse. And Isaac spake to Abraham and said, Father, and he said, Here I am, son. He said, Behold, the fire, the wood, but where is the lamb? Next verse. Abraham's son, God, right there, I, I can't pass it, it's just too good. He said, God himself. Isaac was a type of Christ. And Isaac lays him down himself down willingly as the sacrifice on the altar. Christ willingly laid, he said, I, I have the power to lay my life down, and I've got the power to pick it back up. This commandment I received of it's my choice to I willingly lay it down, and Isaac willingly lays it down. But now Isaac becomes now a double type. He not only is the one as the son laying himself down. He now becomes the sacrifice and the lamb. And this is why he says, for God himself. That's why Jesus was not Jehovah Junior. It was God himself, the father of creation, manifesting himself in the body of Jesus Christ. God himself laid down his life. You say, well, I don't understand that. Then help me to understand, how can God that is a spirit die? He can't. He has no blood. A spirit has no blood. For God to lay down a life, the life is in the blood. For God to lay down his life, he's got to have blood to redeem you. So he houses himself, and he said God himself will provide a sacrifice. Next verse. And they came to the place which God told him, Abraham built an altar there, and laid the wood in order, and bound Isaac the son, and laid him on the altar. Next verse. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the wife, slay his son. Next verse. And the angel of the Lord called out of heaven and said, Abraham, he said, here I am. Next verse, stop. Don't do, don't lay your hand on him. Thou fearest God. Sometimes mountains are meant to climb. That we see a sight of God Abraham, the father of many nations, Abraham did not fear God. Now think about this. I'm closing, Sister Lisa. I "Y'all come on, you I'm, I'm done." Think about this. Last statement, for the most part. I'm trying. Abraham didn't fear God. The most spiritual goodest man did not fear God but I think because I'm the preacher I got it all together there's always something in me and you that God wants to no matter how long you've lived for God brother Roger God is always and I thank the Lord he always Always keeps working on me. Abraham had to learn. And solidify. And lay the foundation. I fear the Lord. More than I fear anything else. If you and I will keep climbing the mountain. You're going to see something in God. You ain't never seen. There's a purpose. That God put it in our life. But the struggle, Brother Roger, is I just don't feel like climbing today. I don't feel like dealing with it today. I don't feel like dealing with this or that mountain in my life today. I don't feel like dealing with my family today. I don't feel like dealing with the chaos and the confusion of this world today. But if you and I don't learn, God ain't never going to just, until the end of time, There's always going to be a world full of chaos and confusion. It ain't going to change. So if I can learn how to overcome the mountains I face in life, when you and I start to climb, we're going to find something up top that we never saw before. We're going to see God like we've never seen him. Stand with me. got to remember when you start speaking to that mountain and it ain't immediately moved out of your life don't think that God has lost his power that's what the enemy loves to do to you and I when we pray with all our heart and fast and the problem gets worse can I get a witness in the house today I pray and fast and it gets worse <laughs> Well, I got a sermon on that I'll talk to you about it on another day but I pray and fast and it gets more difficult my flesh fights harder and I pray and fast why? you're climbing a mountain and flesh is wanting to quit flesh is wanting to say there ain't no use and the enemy's coming in between all of that saying God just don't do that for you he does that for other people I'm here to declare God's no respecter of persons and if you'll keep climbing the mountain and reaching for something you cannot see and even understand Isaac, Abraham didn't have a, poor old Isaac, he, he just being drawn <laughs> come on boy you coming with me you don't really have a hey dad where's the sacrifice what are we doing man Let's come on let's worship and he goes well this is going to be a little different son you're the sacrifice lay down You don't ever fight nowhere in there that Isaac fought back. He never fought God. Because a true sacrifice, when you truly present your body a living sacrifice to God, when you really give yourself, you won't fight back. It's like, okay, God, whatever. Take me. Take whatever you want. Just let your will be done that I can see you like I've never seen you before. Because to that mind and heart that says, God, that's all that matters is you. God says, I'll open the windows of heaven and do something in you and pour out. I'll let you see things you've never seen. I'll open doors. The gate of heaven will open. Go read the rest of Abraham's story. He said, I'm going to bless you and the gates. That word gate in the original Hebrew translates the same word gate in cities. He said, and you're going to have authority over these things that have held. In other words, when you get to Canaan, you're going to take over the city. I'm going to give you authority. Is there anybody want to walk closer to the Lord more than ever in these hours? Is there anybody wanting to just overcome some things in your life, and your mind? Here's what I'm trying to encourage you with today. Let's overcome it by climbing the mountain. Step out that pew. Come with me to the front, lifting our hands and our hearts. God, we're all climbing a mountain today. From the preacher to the back door, there's nobody exempt. God, I'm facing things that seem like will never change. Circumstances that I don't know if I can overcome. But today, I'm going to overcome it. And I'm going to, this is how you overcome. I climb. You overcome by keep moving forward. You don't become numb and you don't become disillusioned. There's still a God on the throne that's reaching for you and I. And he cares about what you and I are facing and going through. Come on, lift your voice right now. Lift your voice and declare it to him. Jesus, you're the author and the finisher of my faith. I'm not going to stop my chapter short. I'm going to overcome this situation. I'm going to overcome it in my heart. I'm not going to be frustrated. I'm going to lift my hands, my voice. I'm going to lift my heart to you right now. That's my sign of I'm climbing with you, God. It's a mountain of purpose. Come on, lift your voice right now. I feel the strength of God moving in this place. I know you're frustrated it comes out in your speech it comes out in relationships when we're frustrated we become embittered we become sharp we're frustrated let's keep climbing come on God's going to help us in our frustration God's going to help us in our aggravation God's going to help us in our disappointment but I got to keep climbing and worship him with my heart come on surrender to it surrender to the mountain it's going to be removed but it may take you going to the top and then ascending you're going to look back on this day and say wow I didn't think I'd ever get through it but you did, you're going to get through (laughs) Okay. <laughs>